Good morning and welcome to Storehouse 7 Ministries with me, Chris Wicklands. And today we're working through the book of Revelation. We're up to chapter 20 and we're on part two. So we're getting there. We're getting through this book. We've nearly completed it of this gargantuan task. I don't know how long it's been going for, but it seems like forever. But I hope you've enjoyed it. I've learned a lot through doing this as well. And uh, this is all being made into a book. There have been, I would say, some things that could have been done better on the podcast, but you'd kind of learn that through hindsight. Um, so those corrections and amendations and, and extra bits will be added in the book version of this commentary. There'll be three books. Uh, the first book will be called The Seven Churches. The second book will be called The Tribulation. And the third book will be called The Great Tribulation. So anyway, <clears throat> we're now going to start on verse four of Revelation chapter 20. Then I saw thrones and they sat on them and judgment was given to them. And that's in addition to, that's my parenthesis, I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of their testimony of Jesus and because of the word of God and those who had not worshipped the beast or his image and had not received the mark on their forehead or on their hand and they came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. Okay, so in Revelation chapter 20, verses 4 to 6, of which we've just read verse 4, they are really, really important verses uh, in this book, really, as these three verses tie together so many eschatological themes and theology. And these three verses, although I've only just read one verse, are referring to the first and second resurrection of the dead. So we will need to pause here on these three verses and take some time to unpack what's going on here. So let's have a look more closely at verse four to start with and then work our way through these three verses and all the theology and teaching that they enclose. Well, not all the theology would be here for ages, but but a reasonable amount of key themes and, and thoughts and ideas. So let's go back to verse four again. I'm just going to break it down. It says, then I saw thrones and they sat on them and judgment was given to them. And that is to say, in addition to those on the thrones, I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded. No, I've added my own amplification of the word and there because that's really important that we see that. The first question we need to ask is, who is it that is sat upon the thrones? We know that those who died during the seven year tribulation period in Christ who did not take the mark will um, will rise but these are in addition to the ones who are already seemingly sat upon the thrones. This implies that the resurrection of the dead and ruling and reigning with Christ is not just for the tribulation saints because they are in addition to others. So who are the others? Now, the context of the verses around this passage do not help us with any clues. So it has to be something that is so clearly obvious that it's just not needed to be mentioned or explained. And here is where we need to take some time to unpack what actually should be glaringly obvious. Now, for a Jew in Jesus's day, eschatology was of a high level of sophistication. This was due to many books or scrolls, if you like, written during the intertestamental period that really polished the theology of demons, fallen angels and theology regarding the resurrection of the dead and the life of the age to come. The major concept that was developed during the intertestamental period was that in respect to the resurrection of the dead. So 
this was common knowledge in Jesus's day and in first century and in the first century church as well. So the book of Revelation says things that I guess were clearly understood in its day. Now, although I'm sure like today, there are uh, lots of things in the book which the early church must have been perplexed about. In fact, I know they were perplexed about because some were even wondering when when the canon of scripture was being sorted out. And I think in late and the end, towards the end of the, uh, AD 200, whether the book of Revelation should be even in it because it was so bizarre. So, you know, the early church thought it was bizarre. We think it was bizarre. We think it's bizarre. However, there are things in book of Revelation the early church would have seen and heard and thought, oh, yeah, I get that. So, so how concepts such as two resurrections and a millennial reign of Messiah was actually something that was commonly understood, even if not necessarily fully agreed upon. So let's look at some verses regarding the resurrection and the two resurrections. So Daniel 12 verse 2, many of those who sleep in the dust of the ground will awake, these to everlasting life, but the others to disgrace and everlasting contempt. So this verse in Daniel is inter- interesting as it promises a resurrection to everlasting life, but also hints and alludes to others being raised to everlasting contempt. Now I say it alludes to primarily because the verse could be read that only the righteous are resurrected to eternal life and the unrighteous stay in the ground to everlasting contempt. However, in light of the other scriptures we'll look at, it is highly likely that the verse in Daniel is actually referring to two resurrections, some raised to everlasting life, others to everlasting punishment. John chapter 5 verses 28 to 29. Do not marvel at this, for an hour is coming in which all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and will come forth, those who did good deeds to a resurrection of life those who committed the evil deeds to a resurrection of judgment. Now, in these verses, Jesus is clearly spelling out that there are two resurrections of the dead, one to eternal life, the other to judgment. 1 Thessalonians 4.16 For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Now, this is a quote from the chapter which people use to justify a pre-trib rapture. However, this verse clearly states that when Jesus descends, i.e. comes down onto the earth, then the righteous dead will be raised up out of the ground to a new resurrected life. Sure, there's also a rapture after that um, moment, but we've explained this many times in this commentary, that actually the big moment is not the rapture, but the resurrection of the dead. And those that are still alive at that moment, when the dead are resurrected, they will be taken up to meet the Lord in the air, and they will instantly be transformed uh, into their new resurrection bodies. But whilst that's going on, the dead are raising up and getting their resurrection bodies. So it's all good. Um, so 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty two. in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we will all be changed. <clears throat> uh, this verse links to 1 Thessalonians four sixteen, with the verse previously read, but I will quote it again. So for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ shall rise. And again, if I then uh, 
where am I? Link link that to yeah, that's what we've just read in it. First Thessalonians four sixteen. Sorry, I'm confusing myself here. Okay, so for, I'll read that again. For the Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise. And so that links with 1 Corinthians 15, 52, which I also just read in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we will all be changed. Actually, it doesn't say all. It just says and we will be changed. Uh, this voice as in that trumpet blast. I just read from 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 and also the other trumpet blast. Um, it's 1 Corinthians 15, 52. Um, this voice of the archangel and trumpet blast sounds uh, or links to the parable, or at least I think it does, to the parable of the, the virgins who fell asleep. And I say fell asleep, but could be also interpreted as possibly in death. Both the wise and foolish were awakened from sleep. These wi the wise virgins go to eternal life and the foolish virgins go to destruction. So the wise virgins possess the oil of salvation and the unwise virgins have only the oil of their own good deeds, which is simply not enough to merit salvation. For only Jesus can give us the true oil to salvation, which is the seal of his Holy Spirit. Now, you may never have heard of this kind of interpretation before, but actually it's from the Eastern Orthodox Church perspective. And if I'm honest with you, it still doesn't quite fit, but it's probably the only interpretation that seems to make the most sense that I've ever heard on, on that parable, if I'm honest with you. And I'm not saying that means, therefore means it's right, but it's certainly one that I think holds a bit of water, more than probably the other arguments that I've heard. So the parable of the ten virgins is found in Matthew 25, verses 1 to 13. <clears throat> so having looked at this uh, handful of scriptures, we can see very clearly that scripture speaks of two primary resurrections. Not just one or three or five, as some would like to conject, but the scriptures are clear there will be two resurrections. So why have I taken the time to explain about the two resurrections? Simply because the three verses in Revelation uh, chapter 20 can confuse people and thus some state only those who went through the great tribulation are raised from the dead and thus um, have to then imply that there is also a third or a fourth, or even a fifth resurrection of the dead to make this passage fit the pre-trib model. And on it goes, I tell you, you, you wouldn't believe the things that we come up with. But there we go. I try to take things simply. Let's just take scripture at face value. Let's take it at its own authority. If it says two resurrections and it keeps saying this, there's two, there's two resurrections, then there are only two resurrections. Some may say, well, what about Jesus when he raised from the dead and those people, all those, all those people were raised from the dead? We don't know what happened to them. Um, and I'm assuming that that is a because it, it fulfilled the feast of first fruits, so it is a first fruits really of a promise of what is yet to come. So I would say it's a first fruits of that great resurrection that's coming. Now, um, yeah, so let's requote the Revelation passage to help remind ourselves to keep it all in context here. So, Revelation 20, uh, verse 4. Um, and it says, then I saw thrones and they sat on them and judgment was given to them. Now, let's just stop here. I'm just going to mark my uh, commentary here because, again, I'm making some silly mistakes today. Uh, so let's just stop here. So who then are those upon the thrones? That's the question I asked a little while ago. Well, the saints, of course, from all of time. First Corinthians 6.3 says, do you not know 
that you will judge angels. Revelation 5.10, you have made them, that's the, the, that's the saints, to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God and they will reign upon the earth. Psalm 8 verse 6, you have made him, that's man, to have dominion over the works of your hands and put all things under his feet. Matthew 25, 21, his Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. 1 Corinthians 6, 2, do you not know that the saints will judge the world? And if the world will be judged by you, are you unworthy to judge the smallest of matters? Revelation 3.21 To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne, all, as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. Now, let's continue with Revelation um, chapter 20, verses 4 to 6. And it says, And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of their testimony of Jesus and because of the word of God and those who had not worshipped the beast or his image and had not received the mark on their forehead and on their hand and they came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. So verse four here in the second half starts with the word and that is in addition to, in addition to what? To those who already sat on the throne. So why is it that these last day saints get to have the same rewards as those who spent most of their lives serving God. Well, Jesus answered this in the parable um, of the uh, laborers in the vineyard. So in Matthew 20 verses 1 to 16, it says, we have the parable of the laborers in the vineyard. The owner of the vineyard hires day laborers at various times throughout the day. The ones hired at 6 a.m. in the morning put in a full day's work. Those hired at 5 p.m. put in only an hour of work. But the owner pays everyone the same wage, whether they worked all day or just for an hour. So here, at the last slither of time, many may come to the Lord as they see the evil as predicted by the Bible. So many of these Christians may only be saved um, days, weeks, months, or even a year or so before being executed for their faith. Yet they get the same rewards as those believers who have spent most of their lives serving the Lord in I would call pre-tribulation history, i.e. from the time that Christ resurrected right through to the moment of uh, the end of days. Now, this may seem unfair to some, but actually it is really the fairness and goodness of God that any of us get to rule and reign with Christ. And we should always be grateful to God, never grudging toward God or others. And then we get to verses five and six, finally, of Revelation chapter 20. And it says, <coughs> excuse me, the rest of the dead did not come to life until a thousand years were completed. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is the one who has part in the first resurrection. Over these the second death has no power, but they will be priests of God and of Christ and will reign with him for a thousand years. Hopefully that's explained a lot to you. I think I'm going to do this better in my commentary. There's a lot here that I could have gone into, but I don't really have a time to. Um, so hopefully that's been helpful to you to understand that there is, there's two resurrections. But during that first resurrection, it's not just the uh, tribulation saints that get raised because it starts with, I saw thrones and they sat on them and judgment was given to them. And that is in addition to, I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded, etc. through the great tribulation period. So 
During the great resurrection, when Jesus returns, we, all the righteous, will be raised, including those that have gone through the tribulation period. And then at the end of the thousand year reign of Christ, then comes the second resurrection. And then we end with, uh, you know, uh, verses five and six, where it says the rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were completed. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is the one who has a part in the first resurrection. Over these, the second death has no power, but they will be priests of God and of Christ and will reign with him for a thousand years. There we go hopefully that's helped you hopefully that's blessed you hopefully that's beginning to after all of these episodes you've listened to now hopefully it's becoming quite clear that to be fair and and I've tried to be fair all the way along that the pre-trib rapture and all that kind of stuff it doesn't really work not really with if we're trying to be consistent with the scriptures Um, the scriptures I think are actually quite clear if we just take them at face value and don't come at them with any preconceived ideas but just let them speak for themselves And I think then if we do that, we come up, I believe, uh, hopefully to a more faithful interpretation of scripture. Anyway, God bless you all and uh, speak to you again soon. God bless. Bye bye.